What's going on? It's CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America Podcast 2.0. This should be episode 12. Thanks for liking, sharing, subscribing, listening, watching on YouTube. Really great episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks for all the support. Birthday coming up this week. Cinco de Mayo for myself and Cam is like another month away. So we plan on celebrating life. Hope you guys are doing the same. Stay blessed, stay grateful, and stay trying to upgrade America. Peace. Hopefully Sunday. All right. Already know what it is. We're rolling over here. Upgrade America on this show today. We're talking about Bitcoin versus the Great Reset. We got a whole slew of topics to discuss as well. I'm Cameron Ra. Yo, got CJ the Day Slayer broadcasting live from Orlando, bro. What's up on your end? Tell us yeah. what you're talking about, man. Uh, it's good, man. Nice and sunny. Gonna do some socializing after the podcast. Just as a heads up, birthday's next week. That's all. You know, the 5th. So that will be going down. Um, 39, man. It's coming. So <laughs> throwing it out there. Uh, as far as what we're talking about, it was kind of a weird news week. Um, honestly, we're just gonna kind of freestyle a little bit this week. We'll go off your essay and just go from there. All right, cool, cool. So then let's dive into it. Give me one moment to open this joint back up. There's been a lot of discussion about Bitcoin. I'm sorry, about the Great Reset. And I figured I might as well just just break it down from my perspective. I want to emphasize this is entertainment. I will not take the mantle of, of bringing you the news. We bring some facts. It's up to you. It's food for for thought, digest, enjoy. Without further ado, <clears throat> this is entitled Bitcoin versus the Great Reset. There's a lot of discussion regarding the topic of the Great Reset. The most popular Great Reset is proposed by the World Economic Forum, where they mentioned, you will own nothing and you'll be happy. Digital IDs for everyone. DigiIDs can be linked to a social credit score, bad, CBDCs, and even jab passports. While their ideas may appear noble, they're a bit overreaching. Hence, a great cataclysm is required to implement the objectives of dun, 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 the New World Order. Hence, the Great Reset. Are you ancient enough to recall the movie Fight Club and the objective of the anarchist terrorist group led by Tyler Durden? They wanted to destroy all the servers that held credit card debt and deeds to properties and all the world's wealth and reset it back to zero and create an anarchist society. This is one form of a great reset where independent bad actors monkey wrench the system. Still, elected officials can reset the system as well. Right now, global leaders are entertaining the ideal of World War III with nuclear weapons. This would cause great destruction, damage of infrastructure, and other way to do a great reset. There's always the blip, cyber attack, EMP. This leaves the infrastructure and the buildings standing and electronics and communications are destroyed. And yet another way to do a great reset. There's always the robot apocalypse, zombie apocalypse, what have you. Anything that brings a temporary loss of law and order can be used to trigger a great reset. Simply put, a great reset puts everything back to zero economically and from a sovereign perspective as well as nation states will fall. What is the advantage of this? Anarchy sucks. I was in Iraq when it fell. We were there part of a counterinsurgency task force to keep the peace and lack of Iraq's formal military and police force presence. It was madness. It was fires, mass-scale violence, abandoned babies crying. It was total lawlessness. But what happened there can happen anywhere in the world. The moment that you call 911 and no one picks up and, and people know that police are not coming to rescue you, you, you have anarchy. This is portrayed in, in, in 
and a lot in the media. You see The Walking Dead, where ordinary people become predatory as they start preying on other living people because they're living in a state of anarchy. The lack of order in society brings out the work, the worst in people. And this is per design, as it would be a, a, a great force multiplier to have the people do the dirty work. As you see in The Purge, where people are going at each other, they have one night of anarchy to kill and do all this lawlessness. Now, while this is occurring, the wealthy are waiting it out in underground bunkers, heavily protected underground bunkers. There are luxury bunkers around the world where wealthy people can hide out in preparation for global anarchy. Hollywood drops hints in the purge where citizens more or less get the murder one night during a night of unbridled anarchy. After this time of tribulation, as it is mentioned in the Bible, the people will demand and welcome some form of law and order. Anything will do at that point. Shout out to, uh, you know, to the police today, even the ones that arrested him, because you keep our society civil. And shout out to my Sunday school teacher, Jeff, who debated the rise of totalitarianism in America with me as a child. The new world order, new government, what have you, it need not be democratic or even benevolent for that matter. Remember, people don't want freedom. They want safety and security. Shout out to the lefty liberals, and they will do, they'll forfeit those freedoms after the Great Reset to obtain a notion of, of normality. You may even give up control of your money, unless you have Bitcoin. What will they use as money? If you don't have Bitcoin, you'll most likely use a controlled version of money or a CBDC. As the Bible so elegantly described, CBDCs could be used with the mark of the beast, i.e. some sort of implant on your person or in your left hand. Sounding a lot like Neuralink, shout out to Elon Musk. After the Great Reset, all currencies will fail, as well as governments. And still, there will only be one thing that will survive, and that's Bitcoin. Because Bitcoin is truly decentralized. Unlike Ethereum, who heavily, de- heavily depends on AWS, Bitcoin is kept alive on millions of computers around the world. If you fry all the servers, there'll still be some record of Bitcoin blockchain alive, even if they're paper records. Bitcoin will never die, and it will always be used to fight tyranny. Bitcoin is peer-to-peer. This means you can send it privately and directly to anyone without any third party. You don't need PayPal, you don't need Cash App, you don't need Strike or, or what have you. I can send it to CJ, you can send it to anyone who you want for goods and services just like cash. So I'm going to wrap it up with this. Bitcoin is independent. That is how we'll fight any form of tyranny to retain our independence upgrade america this is not a game to reset but cj you read a lot about the great reset what are your thoughts on the the concept in general um i could see some elements of it yeah um based on uh, okay since during the blip right that was a perfect time to reset policies, you know, um, anything, financial, business. Businesses were booming, actually, during the blip. Um, that's not spoken about. Another thing that's not spoken about is businesses have, um, I think I brought this up in season two, business interruption insurance, meaning each business, especially Fortune 500, Fortune 100, they have an insurance policy on acts of God or government um, lockdowns and stuff like this, right? And I brought this up to one of my former em- employers, and I know I really messed them up when I brought that up because they didn't realize I knew that. And I, I forgot how I found out about it. And then I brought it up to them before I was let go due to the blip. And they acted very... Uh, surprised or unaware or uninformed but I'm like our stocks are doing well we're in the business of hygiene uh, 
we deal with a lot of industrial stuff. Like, I'm like, oh, this is perfect for us. Like, this time right now is perfect. Like, matter of fact, I think at the time, the stocks were like at maybe a hundred and something to share. I looked recently, they're at about four to five hundred dollars a share now. Wow. Yeah. So the blip but was very good to my company. But I don't think that the blip was a great reset. I think that was a glimpse of what it could be. It could be some preparation for it, but I don't think that was it. What I think that was a good sample. Yeah, I think it I think it was a good sample though because of everything that has changed. Some things have changed, some things haven't. Like we prognosticated on Upgrade America that the legal system should be a lot more efficient, seeing as how we're everybody's under lockdown. So you should be able to do this for a lot of court cases to empty the dockets to for the major cases be able to do those in person when time allowed just for example because i totally agree because i just i flew to texas to show up for court just for you know just to meet with my lawyer to fly right back it was like for a 15 minute meeting and for the expenses that i had to occur so i totally agree but it's um we discussed perhaps back in uh, in season one or two how the blip has kind of ended habeas corpus meaning mm-hmm. like, oh, I forgot but yeah it was like meaning you're supposed to be able to go to trial and stuff uh, it's 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 <laughs> it's interrupted a lot of uh, the legal process so I'll leave it at that um definitely rights too rights have changed because of the blip I feel like maybe um I don't know I think it was a good experiment social experiment to see what happens if everything is shut down I'll agree with you on that that it was a great social experiment it was a great political experiment as well Mm -hmm. because policymakers got to see how much they how much power they could seize Mm. over and yes, lives have been lost in COVID, but the lethality rate, let's let's be real, it's like less than one percent. And nonetheless, for a flip that that had a lethality rate of less than one percent, they were able to see so much power. Where I'm going with this is that was a little event and they took a lot. If a big event occurs, they will take a humongous amount of power. So much power that it will change the trajectory of the world. Um, but yeah, I don't think we've seen it yet. Um, another thing, I, I would say things that have frustrated me about the blip that companies haven't seemed to grasp is people became more informed and they got to reflect on what's important to them in life. And I feel like companies haven't pivoted to meet those needs of the citizens, employees, etc. Because I look at some things, even at my current place of business, mm-hmm. and they're kind of, they got some outdated technology that they're using. And I'm like, why wouldn't you have upgraded that during the blood? That was a perfect time to do it. It's unstable. You can be ushering in, like, go ahead and knock this out. This is a perfect time to do it, you know, right? Now, demand is so crazy, and, like, I'm looking, and I've seen, I get, like, LinkedIn updates of technologies that I can use at my current job. What's up, Greg? Goodman, what up? Goody, DC, represent? The fellow defender. Um, What? What? Um... Just stuff like that, like just, like even for customer service stuff, right? Like you call in, why is it busy? Like at this point, we we should have plenty of people working remote. Mm-hmm. I should be able to get right through. I remember calling my credit union, paying off a loan. I had to wait at least 15 minutes, like to speak to somebody. And I'm like, but we can all work from home, different hours, different shifts. Why is that still busy like that? 
there's still uh, I can only assume there's maybe the demand is still going up or about the same time the blip initiated what what are they calling it the great resignation yes it has so there's a lot of I would maybe it's low retainability maybe it's a lot of you know people just revolving but I I work remote and you know granted I was in IT so it was like we were prepared to work remote we had remote Fridays prior to the blip so Mm -hmm. we already built for this but a lot of people were not this was like a hard yeah a hard turn and perhaps we're still making adjustments to that as well i really don't know the the, the, the answer to that yeah because i like it's a call center down the street for me like they should have been booming during the blip like still like i'm assuming i don't know what their who their clients are who they serve but i would imagine like credit card somebody that's still moving around like that's not really stopping during a blip so to speak for some people sure especially the states that were more locked down like they should have been heavily more efficient i feel like i disagree with you on that because one again the blip came out of nowhere okay we had to do some radical adjustments as you see some businesses got wiped out and they never came back. absolutely yeah absolutely. companies had to make radical how to make radical adjustments but um what it showed is like how you can operate as a skeleton crew and when it's like when management leadership sees like oh i can still generate these numbers with this amount of people they're not going to beef up the they still want to do skeleton crew because you want to be lean less yeah. people a less uh you know less off the profit margin so it was like there i could see a, a decrease in 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 if a decrease in efficiency because management saw how they can still operate with less people i don't know but i mean what else we uh what else we got on our on our list of our agendas today man? um what do you think about elon musk buying twitter like we've been kind of ahead of a little bit we wasn't sure if he's gonna buy it but i knew taking a major state meant something so how do you feel about that i've been hearing that he's supposed to start charging for uh subscriptions and supposed to be laying off a bunch of people at twitter well um yeah i heard he wants to ask the ceo he wants to fire the ceo and that's only it's i'm not saying it's, it makes sense it's like it was public now it's private i own it i'm gonna do it my way and I like Elon Musk. I'm sure there will be great friends. Still, the notion of concentrated media, meaning it's like, okay, cool. Maybe all the guys at public Twitter were a joke and they had their little policies. But if Elon, I don't know him personally, but if Elon is a jerk, then you have one jerk with absolute power over a platform that affects billions of lives. So, um, but at the same time, what are you going to do? What does this mean for Twitter, I think? What about the users? I know black Twitter is kind of like, mm, bruh, like, what are you doing? Like, they talking about mass exodus. So, so we'll see. What it means... It, okay, in during my rant essay, whatever, we talked about the World Economic Forum who reached out to you, by the way. But... It was oh, IMF. Was... It was oh, IMF. Yeah, International Monetary Fund. <laughs> they're brothers. They're brothers. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, that great reset. One of their initiatives is that that digital ID. Mm. And they even go so far to say it may be a requirement for social media. Mm. What he said is that he wants to eliminate the spam bots. He wants to eliminate the spam bots, but if you listen to his statements, and I studied the guy, like I said, uh, he's a very fascinating individual, but he wants to identify all users. Translation, it seems almost in line with that great reset notion of digital ID for everyone to get on the social media, and he wants to identify all users. So where I'm at with it, I do like the idea because it, it almost seems aligned with Upgrade America. What did we propose? 
a voting app, right? We said that it would have to be... Elon wants to make it open source, which is good. But he does polls all the time on there. So if you have registered voters... I'm sorry, if you have registered users, right? They've been authenticated. You know, without with certainty, this person is who they are. They're using facial recognition to log on to there. So you're further authenticating. Do you think that we could vote with an app like Twitter? I believe so. What is that for future security enhancements? Yeah, I I guess a little part of me, just a little bit, because I I come to the realization that you can't escape being digital. Like, you just can't. Like, even like I was telling you, Florida has a digital license now, where if I get pulled over, I can show my digital ID and it'll show the police something different versus, say, if I buy liquor at the store or something, they'll see something different. Nice feature to it. It really is. I'm an IT guy. Yeah. I preach about all the ills of the new world order, the great reset, and things of that nature, but you have to look at technology objectively. Look at it like the internet. Like, yes, the internet has done mass great things for humanity. If the internet shuts off, humanity may perish. Like, a great deal of humanity may may perish because we're so embedded with it. But at the same time, there are still great ills that the internet provides. And the same with all technology. So we have to objectively, even these digital IDs. Like, there are great things that great benefits for it. At the same time, they can be mismanaged. And it does give a lot of control to tech industries and lawmakers. And we know they're pretty much in bed with each other, let's be honest. Oh, yeah, shout out to the intelligence agency checking out the pod. No doubt, no doubt. Um, I don't know. I know a lot of pundits have been saying that we need to go to a system. I think Kim Iverson actually said something like that. We need to go to a system where we can identify who's on, say, social media. Like, we know that's that person. Then people are more held accountable for their actions and what they say, etc. Even though I think it's a large discrepancy on who is punished on social media versus who isn't. So, uh, you know, ethnic folks tend to get a lot more punished than non-ethnic folks, so I'll put it that way. Um, total difference. If it's some ignorance or some whatever on there, oh, that'll fly. Well, if they're, um, if they're making the algorithm open source, mm-hmm. who can push back and say, hey, it needs to be equal. But I do like the idea of the digital ID for internet and maybe like I said I'm a tech guy I I like it where I draw the line is where it is forced into people where it is forced into people that is where I draw the line for social media cool have a digital ID but still allow people to go in anonymously cool I like that idea but don't force it and again with the notion of the digital ID Mm -hmm. you look around most people have the Apple Watch I'm still rocking analog but that is a foreshadowing of how close we're getting to technology it will be underneath your skin Elon Musk like I said I admire the guy but I'm very reluctant to get a chip in the back of my or, or anywhere in me right now yeah I guess I want to drive the conversation here. Okay. Like right now, if you had to compete getting around the city with a person who has a smartphone and you didn't, a city you don't know, who would have the advantage? person with a smartphone more than likely. But let's use that same analogy with this super chip that connects your mind to the internet and the computer and all that good stuff. (laughs) Me or you, anyone like that, competing with a person who has that technology and someone who doesn't? I would assume the person chipped up would be have an edge, but it, unless it malfunctions, then... Oh, at scales of magnitude, they, they would have, have an edge. It would be so many advantages, but as you mentioned, it then you open up the possibility for cyber attacks in your brain. Like, yeah. <laughs> you open up the, the possibility to have your thoughts and deepest, darkest secrets 
you know, robbed and, extra- and extracted through a, a, a cybernetic interface. Like, I'm convinced we're in some sort of sci-fi movie. I love it. We I'm are. participating in it. But, um, <laughs> I don't know, bro. If they're talking about, yeah, time to get your, your iPhone 19 shot. And then, and, and, you know, shot chip inoculation, what have you. I don't want to. Maybe I'll I'll join the dark side and get an Android phone at that time. Shoot, while you bullshitting, I'm thinking about getting like a regular Nokia phone and just having contacts on there and yeah, like as my failsafe kind of thing. I want to build one ultimately. Mm-hmm. Like we own like a Linux operating system, but yeah. I love Apple, but your operating system is dope, man. But like your hardware has not changed. Your new phones look the same, or they look worse. Like the new phones look like older than the than the other ones. But yeah. I, I don't know, bro. Um. So you sent me the cl- clip about uh, NATO trying to expand to the Pacific. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but if you can summarize, and then we'll go back and forth because I already in my head kind of know why, but I want to hear what you got from the clip. So. What I got from the clip, it's just the whole foreshadowing of this global entity that will exceed the, the power of the nation state. So NATO wants to expand their their presence to the Pacific, obviously to counter uh, China. That was a shock to me because it's like, it, it was shocking for two reasons. One, the whole purpose of NATO was to handle Russia. It was a North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Companies countries came together after World War II. Yeah, more or less. (laughs) The the companies control the countries. But, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But but they came together and then they formed NATO, right? Mm -hmm. Big bad Russia. It's it's shocking because they want to expand their mission during a conflict with, I, I, I don't know NATO, in case you haven't noticed, Big Bad Russia is kind of like acting up. Your main focal point, your main mission is, is you have something there. But whenever you have a global entity, mm-hmm. it makes people uncomfortable. Because think about concentrated power. One commander has a global arm that can be pointed at anywhere, anywhere. That makes people uncomfortable. I, me personally, I think it should be divided. You should have a Pacific command with forces over there, and then you should have your your command over there. While the world is divided into nations. But what do you think? Straight or decentralized? I feel like once again, I'm gonna say Russia just wants to seat at the table like everybody else. That's what it boils down to. Like, if you really break this down, right? They want to be heard and accepted. NATO, EU, like, same thing that Turkey was going through with being accepted, I think, in the EU. I don't think they're a member of the EU. They've been trying, though, but it's always... What benefit do they have? Right now, the EU is subservient. They're dependent on so like, what what do they what do they have to offer, Russia? Russia does? No, no, no. What does do you, your European nation have mm-hmm. to offer Russia? I think stability, to be honest. Maybe uh, industry, okay. because they're not that industrialized. Besides what gas in Russia, if I remember correctly. Oh no, my friend. Russia is like I'm not saying like they have an advanced army. They're Robotics. Okay, so maybe uh, if you if you want to do some, we can. I'll circle back to you when I can get the numbers and the research. Yeah, yeah. But prime example, hypersonic missile, right there. They're elite. When you have, it could be an elaborate ruse from the Pentagon, but when they're openly declaring that. Russia has a weapon that's 
supreme to, to anything that the American military can muster. So then perhaps again, it is an elaborate, it could be an elaborate ruse. Mm-hmm. But at the same right now, from what's on, on plain record, it seems that they have a technological advancement over us in, in uh, how do you say, in aeronautic weapons, with nuclear capabilities. That's a pretty big achievement. It's an achievement, but I would say in totality, no, they're not as advanced. I would say in certain areas, they stand out. And once again, we had a discussion. You know we're not showing all our cards, bro. We're not going to let nobody outdo us. That's just how we operate. I'm not saying they don't have the advantage right now, but we're not going to let nobody outdo us. If the Empire was mismanaged over decades and we were fighting wars on two fronts, where China has the advantage, they didn't do Afghanistan and Iraq in parallel. In fact, they didn't do anything in parallel. They built up their military about little civil scuffles and stuff internally, but they didn't have to waste billions of dollars a day on, on military fighting. So research and development. Research that goes to research and development. Russia on the same hand. Like, yeah, they got a little Ukraine conflict here and there, but they're not fighting how you say large-scale wars on, on two fronts money is into research and development but um yeah while we're throwing hundreds of billions to lockheed martin here and there north here and there they ain't dropping no uh, hypersonic missiles but again if you if you think it is some sort of elaborate ruse and this is something we're just keeping what do we what do we stand to gain from it we have this thing but we're just not telling you uh, uh, tactical advantage you should know that like you're not gonna like matter of fact i think i did see so i don't remember where but um yeah that's just plain art look was the art of war like you're not gonna show your hand yes man, shout out to Sunzu. but let's there's we're talking about it's not necessarily the art of nuclear war that was the art of war so let's let's play the scenario right okay Russia has hypersonic missile. Mm-hmm. Nuclear war ends up is it, it, most likely mutually assured destruction, meaning the, the annihilation Absolutely. of. So, yeah. what do we stand to gain from keeping, like, all from keeping that in our back pocket? Like, hey, we we can really destroy you too, but we just didn't tell you. Same way they was, same way with North Korea. We can't just go up in there and chill. <laughs> We don't know much. We know some. We don't know much. We still don't really know, right? If I'm correct. North Korea has. They they've they've proven that they have nuclear weapons. They've demonstrated. I believe they did another test, uh, demonstrating the capability of their ICBMs. Like how I think they can hit the East Coast now. They have the capability to hit the East Coast. I figured that could hit the West Coast, but all right. They did. I was uh-huh. in Korea when I did. I was in Korea when they did the test where it, it hit in Japan, and then I think I was okay. there at the time where they demonstrated they could hit like Hawaii and the West Coast, and then okay. after got out of their services, I believe they demonstrated they they have the capability to hit the East Coast. And you already know my stance on it. I mean, we should all have nukes anyway. I don't that that part doesn't bother me. I mean, except like like we talked about bad actors, like not an actual sovereign nation. So but, is the two person concept to deploy them? Say again? Would it be a two person concept required to deploy them? Meaning to avoid bad actors, a single bad actor instigating a nuclear war, it would require two people, two sane people to make the decision. <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah, you want that. But okay, I see that I can see that working. I, I think this also calls for another reason. You bring something interesting up. Fighting a war on two fronts, right? We've been doing this for what, twenty years? Oh just like yeah, yeah. more or less. Okay. Even more reason why we should be pulling out of these places. Even more reason. Even more reason. We shouldn't be in these places anymore. Your uh, your secretary of the state. We 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 bust this move. Do you issue some sort of apologetic statement for our predecessors? No. This is what I would say. It is time. 
we yeah, had global war. we had global war for years. We're pulling out. We're just gonna be a power vacuum. Deal with it. Like, no, I'm gonna say we are getting together with the countrymen of this country to find out the best way possible to move forward and relinquish control of your sovereign nation. Then we'll discuss the plan and then we'll say it's time for transition. Keep it moving. So, uh, and I'm playing devil's advocate, but it's like we say you want democracy, where it's like if the people. We're really linking swing power to to democracy, but if the people elect a bad apple, and we withdraw American military force, mm-hmm. what happens then? Must we go back in and no, exactly. or just let the world crumble while we, we no, that's the problem. Power. We have demonstrated democracy doesn't work; it has failed. Our government is what? Plutocracy, tech technocracy, it's like everything. We have everything going on in our government. It's hybrid. It's everything but a dictatorship. And it's not far yeah. off. Right? Yeah. So we have proven democracy doesn't work. We're a republic, first of all. Everybody keep forgetting about that. That yeah. practices democracy, yeah. right? Anyway, do your Googles and all that, and you want to get real technical, but so every country as we see the countries that we've conquered in total disarray compared to compared to before they were toppled they were actually decent countries i'm not saying what they did was decent but they were ran properly right example libya example iraq yeah afghanistan's always been just kind of their own thing it's it's a weird, it's like a nomadic kind of tribal, you know, whatever. It's it's just different in Afghanistan. It's a little different. But those are examples of that shit was working. It might not be to our liking, but it was working. Right? And then think about how we operate. This is once again, we're such hypocrites. <laughs> like we do because of our interference in sovereign countries affairs, politics, all this, we cause most of the drama. And then we say, oh, we'll come save you, but we influence the drama. And I feel like it's time to unweight our burden, focus domestically, rebuild internationally, diplomacy and economically to our benefit, not so much as what we Domestically, for sure, we're screwed domestically. Like, we really need to clean that up. Yes, first of all, great American. But I feel like um, a broad diplomacy is so easy. Granted, people, you got it'll take a, it'll take like a couple administrations, right? Of all the bad blood we've spilled and you know our reputation. But it's just time, I feel like. And I, I would say, I would venture to say most Americans feel that way. Especially after the blip, too. I think it really put like a spotlight. You had time to research, you had time to look at stuff. You had time to feel those effects of supply chain issues. <laughs> That's an easy one that affects every facet of life. I like your idea, you know, like world peace. And- but what happens to what happens to the military industrial complex? How does that That's not going anywhere. Yeah, but so how do you repurpose that? Like where do you steer this thing? It has even if you shut it down tonight, this mm-hmm. the, the the amount of, of, of tanks and planes and everything, what becomes of these things? We can make that happen. We we can do 3D printing, right? No, got, no, 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 So we bring all that domestically. We bring all that for, back home. For what purpose? I mean, we Defense. pulled out of we we pulled out of our global conflicts. Tanks and bombs and planes—they're not being utilized on the home front. They're being utilized around the world, and they're generating billions of dollars. I dare say a significant percentage of our GDP. So what becomes of the military-industrial complex? After you make a power move like that, infrastructure, renewables, um, 
shore of the grid, right? It's it's plenty of ways. Well, look, I'm not saying money. where we would uh how we would utilize where we would get the other income. You're talking about a industry of war. Mm-hmm. Down, and you just think they're gonna go peacefully? A war industry? We can we can we can bring all that in. We can still we're gonna still sell to people. Like that selling is not gonna stop. But as far as us being involved in conflicts, like where we have people there, we have bases there. Construction, nah, that needs to go away. Those Ukraine. I think we would lose our customers. A demonstration of your policy of sending, keep the troops out, but send the send the missiles, send the tanks, and send the bombs. And stuff like, because right now American forces are out of that conflict, but a lot of uh, military military aid is is going there. Is that what you think we're going to see more? Like, more proxy like, wars. I mean, that's always going to happen. That's part of human history. That's humanity. I think we should explore, uh, you know, ocean exploration. Even though I'm terrified of the ocean. But obviously, we're building up for Star Trek in space. That's the next frontier, right? So that's the next thing we could be working on. Like, we could be working on education. We can work on a lot of other stuff. We're going to sell weapons. That's going to happen, regardless. We always going to sell some stuff. Um, I think it does. Our war come fighters. To a time. Go ahead. I just want to make sure our war fighters don't get soft, you know, and uh, in times of uh, times of peace. Because again, the home front, I, I don't want to say we got this. Our, our main thing is like, okay, do beef up, you know, searches for human trafficking. Do beef up securing our border so bad actors can't come in and lose. But knock on wood, no one's invading us anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Power shifting. We, we got to change the way we, we do things. I mean, I just think it's time. I don't. I, I would love to poll. I would love to poll all these countries that we have a footprint in, and see what they think about us withdrawing and relinquishing what we've built up in their country and how they would feel about it. And then also poll them what would be next. What would they want to see from America after withdrawing? What kind of relationship? What could we do different? Like I know it sounds crazy, but I think that would be the way to pivot. It's. It seems like. Okay, yeah, I guess you could pull out militarily because we discussed this before. It's less war between nation states, but you still need counterterrorism groups. You still need intel groups, and I guess it's like you're gonna take more global cooperation and things of that nature. When we talk about the digital IDs, we talk about, and I I say all the bad things that that come from it, but from a law enforcement perspective, yeah, you can do, uh, you can fight crime better with all that tech. It would be, it would be helpful. But it's, will it deter wars? Sure. (laughs) But when you lose wars, you, when war declines, terrorism and but what what did I mention? I forgot what season it was. The Upgrade America. Damn, we like three seasons in. But anyway, so what did I mention? What why people do terroristic things? Right? There's a problem in this agreement that is not getting resolved. They are not being heard or understood. That's basically the essence of terrorism. If you really boil it down to like the nuts and bolts of it. Then I would rephrase that as like as more of a rebellion, revolution type thing because I think the the label of the T word is gonna slap on to anyone who is not uh, they they use for for podcasting for instance they were doing that for people who were talking about the blip so I would not associate anything uh, along that but I get what you're saying yeah I, I get what you're saying but the way they're using the term is, is, is a little different and it's getting even getting more radical now they find any little thing to be like oh you label it as the T word. <laughs> 
So it was like we're already on that algorithm, bro. We said like ten times. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just being cute now at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just saying at this point, like I always frame it in this way. To when I do encounter these kind of conversations, I said, how would we take? Somebody just say, hey, we're militarily setting up here and you ain't gonna, you just gonna accept it. And we gonna kill your people in the process. Like, we're not accepting that. Like, and what, what will we do? We will resist. No sovereign, no, no free person is going to permit that. And I dare say America will put up the, the most hardest, steadfast rebellion for anyone who dare tries to uh, take our, our freedom and independence, you know? But, I don't know. We, we danced in the cynical pool long enough for all this great, you know? <laughs> we, we out here and we're, we were upgrading America and, and essentially the world. They're talking about the great reset. Yeah, Bitcoin can, you know, it can kind of hedge against that. You'll have something that you can trade outside of the control of this system and you know at the same time it doesn't even have to come to that people can come together and decide we're going to make things better all around the world more young people are getting into politics uh, we need that so bad right now so it ain't nothing for you know for everything to, to do a whole 180 and, and truly upgrade America Trying to think what I got on a philosophical tip to end, but what are your what are your thoughts? Nah, I, I love talking to you about this stuff because we've been going at it for three years and like yeah, it's interesting to see the growth and to actually see the world stage playing out and a lot of these things we've been talking about in the sense that where it should start going to some of these concepts and theories that we've been speculating and predicting i mean you gotta throw all that in there um i mean the data's there it's just a matter of analyzing and like oh yeah this is most likely gonna occur but yo for our buddies in the, in the intel you know also in dc it's out there you know please implement accordingly <laughs> I mean, you, you you watch and listen to our podcast. So I mean, we throwing alley oops here. Like we hitting home runs with this stuff. Like, let's go. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. Philosophically, I mean, I guess since it's coming around my birthday and your birthday will be coming up soon, um, I guess how do you look at life now compared to say twenty one? Wow. <laughs> to sum it up, less partying, living less for my girl, living less for my genitals, and more <laughs> for uh, you know using my other head. <laughs> and I was still young, dumb, full of comfort at that age. And it was like, yeah, my lifestyle was just like, I was in the military then. So it was just like, hey, work hard, play hard, party, 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 chase the women and stuff like that. But now it's just like, I see it was an utter waste of time and energy <laughs> doing those things. Like, had I been doing more constructive things in that decade uh, of my time, who knows where I would be right now? Oh, man. I'm through it somehow it led me here you know I found out like yo partying is just I'm wasting time I'm wasting money chasing these these young tenderonies just wasting time sometimes it's funny but like it's not worth it focus on your dreams focus on your goal use this head <laughs> and that's where I'm at now but what about you Man, you couldn't. I remember I tried to do the calculations of how much money I've blown clubbing, like over that time period. I tried probably, not. I was thinking of like, I know I blew probably like stacks, a hundred k or something like that, like from like nineteen bro. to like thirties, you know? Yeah, bro. Yeah. A house like, here, a house there, a beamer there, like. 
Yeah. Because some nights you're paying like five. And then in the military, you, I used to drink so much, your tolerance would be so high. So I wasn't a cheap drunk, particularly in the club where it's like drinks are like 10 euros a piece. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about Yeah. Uh, Korea was cheap, but. You know, my first duty station was stateside. Then you got Korea, which is the cheapest. Then you got Germany, which is the most expensive. So it was like, yeah. And then the period of time when I was out of the military and finding myself, I know I blew a ton of money then too. So it's like, ah, man, I think about, I think about, like you said, how I didn't take advantage of getting my degree while I was active duty, which was challenging on our career field, but I had a golden opportunity in my first duty station because I was there the longest. So I should have took advantage. I could have got my bachelor's there because of my schedule. And man, um, I could have bought a house when I first got here. Like if I did it correctly, I would have bought a house when real estate was cheaper. It was right at, it was right during the, uh, the financial shit 2008 that time frame but still it's like those lessons so that you can buy the house in the future like now you know and you have plans to do these things yeah yeah i inspect and all that so it's like be looking back on it and you know shout out sergeant sahini he was uh my flight chief back in in aviano italy but we used to be just grueling training, you know, just doing crazy stuff with gas masks and all this. And he's like, yo, it sucks now, but you're gonna look back on this 10 years from now while you're sipping your wine or smoking your cigar, and you're gonna laugh. And that's just how it is about life, man. You go through the suck, you endure it, you keep pushing. And then when you finally hit your goals, you're gonna be like, yo, CJ, you're gonna be sitting up here, you know, penthouse up in Skyward. <laughs> when we was remember when we was in Osan, Korea, talking about my four Thanksgiving, yeah. eating like turkey MREs, man. Remember that time? Yeah, man? Man. Remember those girls from North Korea? Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, this is yeah. I'm I'm the biggest thing is grateful, really grateful, man to survive like think about what we have survived especially as black american men yes just to add that on there on top of armed conflict on top of stupidity on top of <laughs> like stupidity will get you yeah. and i and i look at all the stupid things that i have done in the past and i am grateful i have survived them as well bro Thanks. That's how I, I want to leave this podcast on yeah, perfect gratefulness and everyone who's supporting the podcast is liking, giving us feedback. Oh, I'm grateful for that as well. Everyone who's praying out there for, for yeah. me and my family, you know, and for the success of the show, I'm also grateful for that. So, Ooh. yo, everyone, thanks for watching again. We're, we're blessed. You're blessed if you if you can hear this show, if you can see this show, then you know that's another blessing there. So, but I'm outie. This, right. this is it. Peace.